Hey everybody and welcome to Sugar Hill Church. We are so glad that you've joined us for this teaching. Bobby and I, we love it when we get to teach together, you know, because I learn something from you every time. And today we're talking about, uh, you know, everybody in the world is talking about a, a, a new you. Yeah, you know, everybody's new, like, it's a new year, it's yeah. a new you. Yeah, And uh, we're talking about it. Everybody's got this giant list. I've got a list, you've got yeah. a list. Yeah. But uh, most people have already done what? Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> I mean, so I, I read this year because of COVID and everything else that less people created a, a list of goals mm. for the year than ever before, but also that more people have been done with them faster. Yeah. than ever before. Yep. And some of it is uncertainty, right? Yeah, I think people are trying to figure out, man, I want to be a better person. I want yeah. to be a new me, but yeah. how do I even plan that? I, I don't know if we're still in the beginning phases, the middle phases, the end phases of COVID yeah. and everything else. Yeah. But one of the things that I really believe, and I know you believe this, is instead of saying we need an all new us, yeah. uh, there's already good stuff there. I mean, when I yeah. know the people we're talking to that are part of our church family, man, we've made a lot of progress over the last several years. So we don't need to wipe the slate clean necessarily, right, right. but we do need to be intentional. Don't you, don't you sense that um, people live in a state of overwhelm right now? Mm. And as a result, when we start thinking about new year, new you, all of a sudden we start thinking about these massive adjustments that we need to make in our life. Right. It's almost like, okay, so I'm going to read the Bible through in the first 30 days of the year. And yeah. so all of a sudden we jump in and it's like, oh, that's not possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in the first quarter. And we right. realize, oh, come on, yeah. that's not possible. So what if we were to take a look at the Proverbs? Yeah. Because one of the things I love about reading through the Proverbs is that for each of us individually, it gives us some adjustments yeah. that truly aren't like, I got to change the whole way of life. I can, I can make tiny adjustments in my daily schedule and have radically huge impact on my life long-term. But, but they are just small adjustments. I love that. I think a lot of us, at least I know people wired like me, have the scorecard mentality. Yeah, I do. Almost like the report card. Yeah. And when I have this report card mentality, what I mean by that is often I judge myself based on either pass or fail. Yeah. There's no, no in-between. Yeah, it's almost like A or F, yeah. but there's, there's no B minus. That's right. You know? And so I, I love what you said is instead of that scorecard being about perfection, what if the scorecard was really about making progress? Come on. What about, That's good. Yeah. What if it's not pass or fail, right or wrong, all or nothing? Yeah. What if there's some incremental small changes yeah. that in the moment maybe don't seem all that important, yeah. but consistently over time? You know, I've never asked you this question before, but um, I, do you think that it's possible that when you start thinking about spiritual development, spiritual growth, uh, growing to become more like Christ, you know, all those things that we put in that basket, do you think we treat those the same way we do things like losing weight or getting healthier? Do we treat them in the same way where it's like pass or fail? I think absolutely. Yeah. Maybe not everybody, but I know in my own life that that's been that way. And what I've discovered over the last handful of years is that just hasn't served me well. Yeah, me either. It's almost like whatever you focus on, you drift towards. And right. so if you're always pass, uh, focusing on either pass or fail, 
oftentimes you're looking at the negative so much that it pulls you towards it. Oh, wow. And so like for me this year, there's a lot of things I want to change. And one of the things I've tried to change is my mindset to say, instead of making a list of everything I'm going to eliminate, yeah. make a list of things I want to move towards. I love What's that. the positive I can move towards? And so far, I know we're just a few days into the year, but uh, man, so far it's been helpful. So uh, my takeaway from what I just heard you say, and by the way, we don't script this stuff. So I mean, really, we're just two pastors up here talking, two friends talking, really. We always try to, you know, sharpen one another. And one of the things that I, my takeaway from what you just said is that uh, God himself being perfect has had an entire creation to see how imperfect we are. Therefore, while God's desire for us is perfection, his love for us is so significant that I think he just wants to shower us with blessing when we go from here to here. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, perfection's not going to happen this side yeah. of heaven, yeah. but this slow and consistent uh, move yeah. that is intentional, but, but not the kind of thing that says, okay, I've got to change everything in my life. The, it, it fits also with the process of sanctification where, uh, you know, when we trust Christ and he gives us this gift of the spirit within us, it is a slow and steady process of change. I love that idea of process because I don't remember who first coined the phrase, but often you'll hear people say we overestimate what we can do in a day or maybe even a month and we underestimate what we can do in a year. So true. And I think so in the true. Christian life, we're the same way. We we try to accomplish it all now, but when you look at Scripture, it's more of a journey mindset. Yeah, it is. In fact, the backdrop of most of the Old Testament is this journey to the promised land. Yeah. Well, as New Testament believers, it's a different kind of journey for us, but it's this reminder that we're in process. Yeah. It's not, there's not one stop and we're done. Yeah. It's a lifelong journey. Every single Bible character we read about, uh, whether it was a story of, uh, of good or bad Naturally, all those stories have a, a measure of redemption in them, yep. but all of them are a journey. They are. And so we wanted to try to offer eight items. You'll hit four quick, take a break, and yep. come back. Because one of the simplest ones, we kind of come out of the gate with a, with a really simple thought, is this one concept that to, to, to become a far better us, it is as simple as listening to the right source. Yeah. Haven't you, uh, haven't you seen people listening to some crazy sources oh over the last goodness. couple of weeks? I, I mean, there are websites that have popped up that are supposedly news that I've never heard of before. Yeah. There's people on social media that have the inside scoop. Somehow they know they it all. Know, they know everything. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, I mean I'm, not, I'm not knocking people's search for knowledge and search for truth, yeah. but it yeah. does remind us that out of all the sources out there, not all sources of information are equal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am, uh, I'm one of those people that are fascinated not by conspiracy theories, but by people that are amazed by conspiracy theories. Okay. I know, to me, that's just like, okay, that takes a unique kind of person yep. that wants to chase that rabbit. Uh, but when, when, I, when I see those these days, and I, I put this into context, chapter one in Proverbs verse five says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. Uh, but the, the built-in assumption there in verse five is that wisdom comes from heaven. Yeah. Uh, and, and yes, wisdom includes knowledge, right? But knowledge doesn't always include wisdom. Yeah. 
And so if our search is always just greater knowledge or human understanding, we will, we, we will gain knowledge. I mean, honestly, I read more content now than I've ever read in my life. Yeah. The, the difference is the, the content that truly shapes my life is heaven-sent wisdom. Yeah. And so heaven-sent wisdom is what the entire book of Proverbs is about. Absolutely. When you read through the book of Proverbs, there's the search for wisdom. There's this thing of trying to find wisdom. Listen to what chapter 22 verse or chapter 23, verse 23 says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. And so this first step, if we want to be a better us, a, a renewed us, a different kind of person is to say, you know what? We're going to listen to the right source. And out of all the sources out there, we've got to put a an emphasis on hearing from God right. every single day. Yeah, I, you and I are readers. I mean, we cons- both of us consume a lot of books, but if the one thing that I've enjoyed most about our friendship is other than like Four Daughters Donuts. Oh my I mean, gosh. outside of that, the, the one thing that I've enjoyed most is this common uh, understanding that we are, uh, with all those books, the one thing we're, we're, we're certain of putting inside of our life is the word of God. Absolutely. And, and, and there's creative ways to do it. I, I mean, even today, I felt a bit rushed this morning. And so I was listening to it in my car. Yeah, I do that all day. Yeah. And, and so I was just encourage you as we think about what does this, this version of us look like in this new year, start with putting the right source in front of you. Listen to the word of God, read the word of God. I know we talk about it a lot, uh, especially on here, but it's yeah. jump into a small group where you're hearing from the word of God. Absolutely. Even if it's online. Day. Like mm-hmm. I know in February and March, we'll be offering dozens of different small groups That's online right. yep. where, I mean, there's no reason you can't ingest scripture. Yep. yep. You know, and so I would just encourage everybody to be on the lookout in your inbox on in our app online about the, all the different offerings. You know, Bobby, I'm old enough that I was around when computers first started coming out, right? So I can remember the very first thing I, I am heard. withholding my <laughs> jokes at the moment. Thank I am you. being kind. Thank you for that. Right now, is is that one of your New Year's resolutions? Was it the punch card kind of computers? <laughs> no, was it, it wasn't uh, a punch card. Oh. But I literally went to a class oh. to realize I, I was no way I was going to figure it all out. Yeah. But I remember the very first statement at the class. Now think about that. I went to a class to learn how to use a computer. Just let that sit for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> the lady looks at us and she says, the best thing I can teach you is garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And it's still true after all these years. I mean, if you... If you want garbage, you can find it. That's right. If you want wisdom, you can find it. Yep. But it's on you. And so when, when I think about this, I am reminded wise people don't waste their time on foolishness and folly. Yeah. And they certainly don't spend their time in lies. Garbage in, garbage out is true in our spiritual development. And so when I think to myself, listen to the right source, uh, I know you're right. We say this all the time, but this one thing, I I cannot say this enough. Most people genuinely fail at reading scripture because they assume they have to read it all. And I, you, you, you spoke about the mindset adjustment you've made this year. Mindset adjustment, I think all of us need to make when it comes to ingesting scripture is that stop thinking about it in terms of, I have to, I have to take in uh, quantity. The goal is to take in scripture. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, scripture is, and the Proverbs is over and over about wisdom, that wisdom is when Scripture gets inside of our life and it starts doing inside of our life what nothing else can do. Right. And so I just want to encourage you, this is why we ask you to read a chapter of Proverbs that corresponds with the day, because yep. it's just so simple. That's right. And while we're doing that in January, I, I would continue doing it. That's right. Yeah, we can never have too much wisdom. So that's, that's where we start, is pay attention to the source. Are you prioritizing the source of hearing from God every mm. single day? But a second tweak that I think all of us can make is to actually honor the one that deserves being honored. Yeah, yeah. In our world, we all honor somebody or something. I mean, I, you know me, I'm not really a sports guy. That's yeah. like the running joke. I try to get in sports. I, I just don't get it. I, I miss that gene at birth. It can be in the middle of football season and and. Bobby has this standard reply when it comes to all sports things. We could be talking ab about, I don't know, Ohio State versus Alabama football, and you look at Bobby and say, what do you think? And he'll say, how about those Braves? I, mean, <laughs> I, just, I don't have a clue. Yeah, I, I, get have a clue. I struck out I a t-ball when I was a kid, so that's how, <laughs> how bad I am at sports and why I don't get it. But one of the things I do appreciate about sports is just how everybody gets into it. Yeah. I mean, where we're broadcasting from, so many people are Georgia fans. And so I just know that at the end of a Georgia game, there's going to be uh, all this energy, excitement. Yeah. Where I grew up, we watched Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. Well, you didn't, you didn't have a lot of excitement there. <laughs> and back in those days, whoever won, you can take your pick those fans would storm the, yeah, yeah, the, the field yeah. and they'd be hanging off the goalposts. Do you know what the game is called between Ole Miss and Mississippi State? I don't. It's called the Egg Bowl. Okay. So let me just stop and say, if the highlight of your year is winning the Egg Bowl, <laughs> you need wisdom. You need wisdom. Yeah. So what was always funny, though, is that people in the stands would take credit for the game. Yeah. They'd yeah, be yeah. like, we won, woo, yeah, we like, won, we, we did won. It. And I'm like, you didn't win. <laughs> no, you watched. <laughs> you were uh, eating nachos and having a Slurpee <laughs> while the people That's in the so field true, won. Yeah. And what's interesting is, and I'm not knocking sports or right. people's enthusiasm, but what is funny is how people will lose their minds over a team. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to the things of God and yeah. God himself, they get all reverent and quiet. Yeah. Here's what the Proverbs says. The Proverbs, uh, verse, chapter 3, verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Psalm 110, mm. verses 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so if we yeah. want to improve and be who God wants us to be, the second piece is so important. Honor the one that actually deserves it, and that's yeah. God himself. Well, that's so good because uh, down in uh, chapter 14, verse 27, the text says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Wow. Now, you know, when, when we think of fountain, what we imagine is it's a, it, it never ends, right? I mean, the, the water's always be bubbling up. It's always moving. Yep. And I, I think we carry that into the scriptures when, when they're alive and active. They're, they're always moving. They're, they're constantly doing something within our lives. So fearing the Lord uh, is one of those things that often we, we kind of put in an Old Testament context where it's, it's a tremble. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think the, it was a life-changing time for me when I heard a pastor say to me, you've got to understand that fear of the Lord is like being in awe. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow. Yeah. And so if you, if you looked at it and you said, wow, to be in awe of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, yeah. then you can look at that and say, when we fear, when we, in awe, when we are in awe of the Lord continually, day by day by day, then 
we've got our priorities straight. Yeah. You know, we say here all the time, when we get Jesus and the right priority in our life, we'll get everything else right. That's right. So the Proverbs is saying this is what wisdom does. Absolutely. It rightly prioritizes your life. Absolutely. These are so good. I mean, we could go through the whole book of Proverbs and just pull these out. Yeah. Today, we're just taking eight of these. We've said so far to pay attention to the source. We've said honor the one that deserves it. But this third one is so practical. Yeah. Relentlessly protect your relationships. That's what wise people do. They protect the relationships they're in. Absolutely. And if you think about it, um, yeah, I forget who it was that, that said, you know, you are the sum of the five people you hang around with most. Right. And when I think about that, there's, there's so much truth to that. Yep. The proverb says it this way, he who walks with the wise will be wise, yeah, yeah. but the companion of fools will be destroyed. This is the Bible way of saying is, wow. Man, whoever you hang out with is so essential. The people that you spend time with yeah. shapes you, it molds you, and it can break you if it's the wrong person. And science has proven that this text is true. Science proves that an individual rarely, if ever, changes the nature of a group. That the group, the herd, yeah. is what tends to reshape the individual. Yes. Now, you may come with a strong faith, but you, that faith flourishes when we put ourselves around people of faith. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially when, when we look at every relationship. I mean, the scriptures are clear about a marital relationship. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at a, a young couple. Uh, one knows the Lord and is living with the Lord. The other doesn't. And I'll have to look at them and say, I want to encourage you, do not get married. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking because you know they're in love. But you also know that that marriage is headed for trouble. Yeah. The same is true for friendships. Yeah. I grow uh, in my faith at, a, at a, almost like a molecular level. When, when I'm with you, like when we make some of our trips, because together I think what happens is there's a, there is fun, but there's also a deepening of faith right. that happens almost without us trying. Absolutely. We become like the people we hang out with. That's we right. Absolutely That's do. Right. And so one thing to think about as we launch into 2021, it, very practically, are you hanging around the kind of people you want to yeah. become like? Yeah. In other words, if you want to have a really strong marriage this year, are you hanging out with people that are also in that same pursuit? If you're around people that are always bad-mouthing their spouses, chances are... That's the wrong relationship. Guaranteed. If you're the kind of person that wants to live on less than you make and you want to practice good financial stewardship, if you're always around people that are after that shiny object, that shiny object syndrome, it's yeah, like, yeah. man, I always want that next thing. Well, that's going to impact you. That's right. And you can just go on and on and on with this. So relentlessly protect and watch over your relationships. You know what I've learned about, about this, you know, guarding relationships and protecting them? The single greatest advice I could give people relationally is dive into a small group. And you don't have to commit for a year. Maybe you just commit for four weeks. Yeah. But jump into a small group and, and, uh, and shop a little bit. Yeah. Find a small group where you can have this, uh, it's not like you're, you're eating with dinner with them all the time, but, it, but there is a sense that we are together encouraging one another to live this, this life Absolutely. of Christ. There's some groups that meet every week and yeah. they meet on campus and that's great, but there's a lot of groups that meet online. There's a lot of groups that meet just twice a month. Everybody's like, well, what if I show up and there's a weird person? I'm telling you, every group has it, right? Everybody yeah. has somebody that's quirky. Absolutely. And if you've never been part of one that is quirky, chances are 
You've never been in one. <laughs> or they're the one. <laughs> yeah, or know. you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> that was wrong. We're not recording this. Are we? Oh, okay. That's, that's good. Right? Uh, so protect who you're in relationship with. And then we're about to get a break, but let me give you this fourth one real quick. And I want you to think about this one. This is really powerful. Number four, capture what you've been taught. Yeah. Capture yeah. what you've been taught. In other words, well, let me read the proverb. Proverbs 10 verse 14 says, wise people... They store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Mm. I'm intrigued by that phrase, store up knowledge. And I think we would all admit that we've heard some great stuff over the years. Yeah, We've had some wise parents, some wise counsel. We've been in some great small groups. We've heard some powerful teachings. And it's almost like the Proverbs are telling us, don't just hear them one time, but figure out a way to capture them. Yeah. Figure out a way to carry them with you. Uh, walk with them and live them out. Okay, so you know I'm a, I'm a word freak, right? So uh, the other day when I was here, I this is what I got stuck on, the word store up, those two words, store up. And so imagine, if you will, you've, you're gathering this harvest, but not everything is the same. Mm. So when you store up, you are separating. Mm. And you're separating that which you're going to use and sell separating that which you're going to get rid of in some other manner. So when I read wise people store up knowledge, what I hear is that people who walk in wisdom have the ability to let God sort out in us that which we should use for his glory and our good and that which we need to offload. I like that. Isn't that great? Yeah, I've got some uh, family members that are farmers up in Nebraska and they do that, right? Yeah. They, there's a, the sifting process That's that right. goes on. And so I would just encourage you to don't just have a lot of knowledge that you've heard, but figure out some way to capture it. And so we wrote down a couple of phrases that is a way of carrying truth with you. I've heard people say, uh, when it comes to worry, well, what, how, how does a believer respond to worry? Well, here's a phrase, wait to worry. Right. Jesus himself said, look, tomorrow has enough worries yeah. of its own. So yeah. why worry about tomorrow? Just focus on today. So I'm going to wait to worry. Or sometimes when people uh, struggle with the thoughts in their head. And, right, and right, right. I think every person at some point has what we call imposter syndrome. They feel Absolutely. like I don't have what it takes. Am I, I messed up? Am I broken? Here's a, here's a phrase that helps in that moment. Don't believe everything you think. This is, that's rich. Don't believe everything you think. My, I've used this before, but it's worth repeating. Um, you know, if you don't have anything good to say, it's your fault. Hmm. You know, I, I, I know plenty of folks who would say, well, if, if you don't have anything, don't, anything good to say, don't, don't say it. Well, the, the better take on that is if you don't have anything good to say, look within mm. and discover. And again, the Proverbs uh, that we'll chat about in a few minutes has a lot to say about what comes out of our mouth. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so I, I also think of this, um, like how good am I at judging others? Like on a scale of one to 10, I'm a 12 at how good it <laughs> right. is to judge somebody else. Like, well, look at them. What in the, what in the world? Yeah. You know? But I've also learned that when you can retrain your brain with three seconds to stop and think to yourself, you don't know the whole story, as a result, A, they probably didn't mean it, or B, their intention was probably good. Right. It's like uh, last week we were traveling for a funeral, and somebody pulled out in front of me, and, uh, you know, my default nature is to get mad and, oh, my God, I yeah. can't believe oh, yeah. they just pulled out in front of me. But because I knew this message was coming, I was <laughs> on my game a little bit better. And I was able to finish the sentence in my head to say the sun was actually in their eyes so they couldn't see how close I was. Oh, and there's something good. about just that shift to say, when is it okay to judge somebody? 
Uh, never. So how can yeah. I figure out a way to not judge? And given the fact of what the Proverbs and what Jesus teaches about forgiveness, yeah. forgiveness is one of those lines. In it, and this, this was a great line my mom would use. You know, forgiveness is an inside job. Hmm. I can remember, Chucky, forgiveness is an inside job, meaning that forgiveness isn't where I have to go and look at Ethan and say, Ethan, I forgive you for being a knucklehead to me the other day. That's an inside job. It's like, you know, I know Ethan, what a good guy. Hmm. Why? Come on, Chuck, deal with that internally. Yep. It's an inside job. And I, I think that's the truth of all of these. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to, to hang for a moment. We're going to hit pause on this teaching for us to just let this sit in. And as we worship and as we spend time reflecting, just think about how practical this is. Do you, yeah. do you believe God has something more for you this year? Is there an area that God is speaking to you to grow and to become better in? Man, the Proverbs have so much to say. We've given you four. We're going to come back right after this break, and we're going to give you four more yeah. sort of in rapid fire because we believe that what God has to say in here is going to help us for the long haul. We'll see you in a second. Amen. Oh, the book of Proverbs is so full of wisdom and different ways that we can apply that to our life. I don't know about you, um, but there are times where, man, it just feels, uh, feels like you're weary. It feels like you're trying and you're striving, but yet um, everything around you just feels like it's just making you weary. It's weighing you down. And I'm reminded of, of one of the ways that we apply the wisdom of Proverbs is to lean heavily into the Lord. And I'm reminded of this passage um, this prophecy from the prophet Isaiah who said that that God is the one who will lift us up on wings like eagles, that he will draw near to those that are weary and he will uplift us and sustain us and guide us. And uh, man, this, this old song um, called Everlasting God is this great, great reminder of that. So we, we wanted to share it with you today. It's been a while since we sang this one, but man, it, it's strong. Here, here it goes. It goes like this.
back. We're so glad that uh, we can take a few minutes and enjoy worship and Zach and team. Thank you for that. I, I want to go back and let's hit the four real quick, just yep. as a reminder. Number one, let's learn to listen to the right source. Number two, let's honor the one who deserves the honor. Yeah. I love that. And number three, let's relentlessly protect our relationships mm. because I mean, this really is kind of a source of life and then learn to capture what you're taught. Store it up separate it, know how to use it, and let's jump into number five, which is one of the toe stompers yeah. inside of Proverbs, which is quit flirting with sin. I look at this, and we were talking earlier. Let's just pause for a second. If you were in the room, you'd feel the oxygen yeah, just, leave the room. It's yeah, one of those gone. moments you're like, holy cow, right? I know, yeah. But and if you're, if you're sitting at home watching this right now, you're like, oh boy, it was going great till he hit this one. Yeah, you know? this is one of those where we always point the finger at somebody else. I wish they had heard this. Yeah, I wish they'd stop. But let's point the, the finger at our hearts right yeah, now and right. say, what's, what, what does God want to say, quit flirting with sin? You know, flirting with sin, uh, I guess the best way to describe it to me is, if you don't want to fall off the cliff, don't walk up next to it. Mm. You know, uh, sometimes I think we treat sin, though, like children and adults. Mm. It's like, okay, I hit a certain age, therefore I can legally buy cigarettes and beer. Yeah. Right. So I think sometimes adults treat sin the same way. It's like, hey, kids, don't do this. Yeah. But because I'm of age, I do. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a sad but true commentary yeah. of people's lives. Yeah. I see a lot of adults that would never tell a teenager to do what they're doing. But right. to your point, they, they get to a certain age or stage where they drop their guard. But here's what Proverbs says. Chapter 14, verse 16 says, a wise man fears and departs from evil, yeah. but a fool rages and is self-confident. Oh boy, that last word hyphenated self-confident, um, it is about being self-reliant. Yeah, I can handle it, I can control it. Right. Maybe this isn't the best advice for everybody else, but for me, but for me I'm good. And everybody thinks that way, right? and they're setting themselves up for failure. Yeah, no doubt, and I, when you think about it, there, it, it is a juxtaposition, in other words, uh, we tend in our human society, especially here in the good old U.S. of A., we like to applaud the self-confident person. Mm. But truly, it, you cannot be filled with godly wisdom and be filled with self-confidence simultaneously. Yeah. Because self-confidence is going to push godly wisdom out of the way. That's right. Every time. Yeah. And, and I think we know this, that self-confidence can lead to ruin, but the Bible is so full of, of people, great people. Oh my goodness. That Joshua. Joshua thought, man, I've, I've got this. And he ends up 
yeah, losing, losing the battle. battle. Yeah. David thinks, man, I don't need to go to war when everybody else goes to war. I'm the king, <laughs> right. I'm the man. And he ends up sleeping with somebody that's not his wife, ends yep. up killing their spouse. I mean, no. Samson goes from the strongest man in the world mm. to a captive. Yep. All of that is self-confidence. All of that is self-reliance. Well, in the New Testament, Peter's a great example. Peter's oh, like, I'm never going to leave or forsake yeah. you. And he ends up denying Jesus yeah. three times. He ends up chopping the ear off a guy that Jesus turns around and heals. And so this tension is real. Uh, man, we, when we flirt with sin, what we're saying is, I have enough strength on my own to do this. But what Scripture and practical life experience will tell us is that it is much better to flee from it yeah. than to flirt with it. When I, was, uh, when I was a builder, I had like a super powerful magnet. And so like if, if something dropped down into a wall that we needed, we could always go use that magnet with a rope and drug. But it was so powerful. I mean, it took a great deal of strength to pull something away from it. And I've always pictured that that's what sin is. Hmm. We, we think we're self-reliant. We think we are self-capable. But sin is like a magnet that we, can, we, we, we cannot humanly break away from its strength. Yeah. And so the Proverbs is saying, be cautious here. Don't flirt with it because you will get burnt. Yep. I love Joseph in the Old Testament in Genesis. He ran from it. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, flee yeah. from your youthful lust. And so yeah. we just encourage you to quit flirting with it. Quit so let's, let's take a look at one of the ways that you, you can flirt less with sin. And the scriptures are clear about this. Let's talk less, hmm. listen more. Yep. One, one of my favorite Broadway shows is Hamilton. And one of the lines from that is, you know, talk less, smile more. Okay. You know, and, but here it is interesting that wise people discipline their speech, yeah. not just with what they say, but how much they say. Yeah. Here's what Proverbs 16 verse 23 says, a wise man's heart guides his mouth. So in other words, instead of just throwing stuff out there, it's guided by their heart and his lips promote instruction. Yeah. Chapter 10, verse 19 says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. So in other words, the more you talk, the easier it is to get tripped up in sin. That sounds like a convoluted sentence, but it is packed with power. I mean, think about this. The more words you use, the better opportunity for sin to be present. Yeah. Talk less, listen more. Yeah, but he who, here's what he says in verse 19 of chapter 10, but he who restrains his words or his lips... Wow are wise. And so uh, I think we all know this, but there's power in the tongue. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, James, the brother of Jesus talked about how a ship is steered by a small rudder, Right. how much more so a life is guided by our tongues. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I can't think of a, another generation or time in history that we're seeing this on display where we've given microphones to people that can't control their tongues. Right. And then everybody else that's angry and bitter and upset, they jump in yeah. and say, this is a great and and in, in our in our modern day world, our tongue is also our keyboard. Yeah, and and so we we now magnify everything to the degree that we're willing to show off our sin, even when we don't intend to. Yeah, and so when I think about that, a, a wise person, according to the proverbs, then is a person that understands the power of the tongue. Yeah. I think I mentioned in my proverbs review last week, last Friday. I think I mentioned this concept that 99% of the problems I deal with are related to something I said. Hmm. If, if I could learn how to, how I could learn to be more wise 
with the use of my tongue and talk less yeah. and listen more, I bet I would eliminate at least 75 or 80% of the problems in my life. I think that's true for a lot of us. And it's not just what we say, it's how we say it. Uh, and so this is really practical, talk less, listen more. The seventh one, I think, is just a great reminder, work hard, really hard. Really hard. Yeah, don't just you know, call it in, as the phrase goes, yeah. but work really hard. Because wisdom, by its very nature, wisdom means that you're a diligent person. Yeah. That, that's why when I think about uh, followers of Jesus in the workplace, the people who work smartest and hardest ought to be people who follow Christ. Yeah. We should never use our faith as a reason to not work hard. Mm. And, and one of the things that I, I really am, when, when I read chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, the, the, the proverb says, lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. Mm. Now, the, those terms, poor and wealth, here are both literal and figurative. They are literal in that you, you do indeed reap what you sow, but they're figurative in the picture that if you seek the right things, you'll gain the right things. If you seek the wrong things, you'll gain the wrong things. Mm. That work, growing up and, and becoming more like Christ day by day by day is an intentional effort of work. Yep. It doesn't happen on its own. The text goes on and says, he who gathers crops in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. I love, I love how those adjectives there give us a picture of disgraceful is that we don't recognize that we are here for a purpose to work. Yeah. I mean, Solomon makes it clear that God has nothing good to say for somebody that's lazy. God Ever. has nothing good to say about somebody that doesn't make the most of the opportunity. And so he's not dialing in, hey, you have to be a farmer or right. you have to work at a church or right. whatever that thing is. He's just saying whatever is placed in front of you, do it really well. Work yeah. as if you're working unto the Lord. So good. Because you really, really so are. So good. Don't you, don't, you, don't you feel like if we could ever grasp that, and then put it together with how the Lord teaches us the value of, of, of having a Sabbath, then we would recognize that the Lord is not a taskmaster. The Lord wants us to work when we're to work and he wants us to rest when we should rest. Yeah. He, he doesn't ask us to work 20 hours a day. He asks us to work wisely so that we can rest as we were created to do that even better tomorrow. Well, and he's the one that created a world that builds in a day of rest. That's right. Right. So this is not something new. This is something that God himself yep. designed. Work hard and then rest well. And so I good. love, and I hope you're catching that these are all practical. These are all things right out of scripture. This is what Proverbs has to say about wise people. But I really love this last one, number eight. Somebody that's wise, somebody that says, God, I want to be all, all you've created me to be this, this year is somebody that introduces other people to Jesus himself. That's my favorite. Here's what chapter 11, verse 30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. Wow. So I know good. you've done this a lot over the years. It is not uncommon for you to come into a staff meeting or for you to walk into a conversation. And it just seems like you have just your radar up to know that there are people that need to know Jesus, whether it's at McDonald's or a while back, it was in the church parking lot, or it's Man. just some random place. If you don't mind, talk a little bit about that. I mean, how, how, why is that so important to you? And then maybe as we wrap up today, give us some practical advice on how we can introduce somebody to Jesus this well, week. First of all, I, I think the scriptures are so literal here. Hmm. 
that um, if you if you want to share Jesus with people, wisdom comes with that effort. I'll never forget the very first person that I led to Christ. I was, I was a young deacon at a church in Snellville, Georgia, and I'll never forget, I'd, I'd, I'd gone out with my pastor. He'd gone to three straight homes and three straight people had given their life to Christ. And I thought, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah. On the way to the fourth door, he says, it's your turn. Hmm. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but that's apparently, that was, used to be the way you train people. Yeah. I would just, I was such a sucker and so gullible, I didn't see it coming. In the military, we called it on-the-job training. Yeah, there you now go. Now we call it just-in-time training. Just-in-time hey, training. Tag, no, <laughs> do it. So, so I was like, no, 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 no. People like you do this, not me. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we, we get to the door, and he rings the doorbell, and he all of a sudden becomes from Chatty Cathy. Now he's, you know, Silent Susie. And one of the biggest humans I've ever seen in my life came to the door. And I'm trying to repeat what he has said the last three houses, but I was so in awe of what he was doing. I mean, I couldn't remember beans. I just remember this one line, which was, does this express the desire of your heart, right? And this guy wearing overalls looks at me and he says, yeah. And I was so shocked. I thought, oh my stars, I don't even know what I said. Yeah. And this guy prays and gives his life to Christ with me on the doorstep. Then he says, can you come in and tell my wife that? We go in and I bumble and stumble my way through it again and she gives her life to Christ. Wow. And from that moment on, it was like the single greatest, the single greatest feeling on the planet yeah. is when you share the life-giving gospel of Jesus, how he gave his life, yeah. that you can have life. So he, he, I'll give you three things that I've learned about this particular concept about winning people or as, as old preachers call soul winning, yeah. you know? Uh, three quick things, and that is one, there are people who need Jesus everywhere. That's right. I mean, I don't care what, I mean, even sitting in an 11 o'clock church service, I'll guarantee you there are plenty of people who need Jesus. Yeah. So it's, it's not like you gotta look, mm. right? This, the second thing is you, you don't have to know everything in the Bible to be able to tell people that Jesus loves you let me tell you what he did for me. Yeah. You, you don't have to be a theologian. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would almost encourage you don't try to be. Yeah. Just simple. It's, it's a story. It's as simple as saying, you know what? Here's what happened. I, I was listening to a guy and he told me that Jesus loved me, that because of my sin, I deserve to be separated from God. And because of that, God loved me so much, he sent his son Jesus to die for me, shed his blood as payment for my sin. And I became aware how sinful I was. And literally, I, I can't tell you how many people I've looked at and said, have you ever sinned? I've never had one human look at me and say, no, I'm perfect. And, and we know that's true. The Bible tells us that, right? So then you say, so in other words, you need forgiveness too. Mm -hmm. And the only person who has died and given their, their blood and been buried and then rose from the dead to pay for your sin is Jesus. Yeah. Would you like to trust him with that? And then three, there's no magical prayer. Right. The, the, the Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So rather than trying to sound eloquent, simply say, Jesus, I need you. Would you come into my life? And don't try to get weird with it. You know, be normal. I'm convinced that if followers of Jesus would just be normal, you'd, you'd win the world to Christ. Mm. We just try to make it sound like we're smarter than everybody else, but mm. we all know that's not true. Yeah. So when I look at those three things, I think to myself, the simplest part of living with Christ is to introduce others to Jesus, Absolutely. but it is the thing that we do the least. Yeah. 
but I'm telling you, you can be like me with Man Mountain that came to the door with his overalls. Man Mountain. And, yeah, just the way it felt. It was just, I mean, it, it will so radically change your life. I got to tell this one story. We got to wrap. But. And at that point, you weren't a pastor. No, you no, I was a builder. You church. You're just a normal dude. Yeah, I was a home builder. Learned how to tell people about the one that yeah. matters. I mean, I had, I had a pastor who said, and this is the story I was about to tell, actually. And that is, so this pastor shows up for the first time at the church, like his very first Sunday. And I'm on the way out, and he's on the way back in the building. We literally bumped into each other. And he asked me two questions, radically changed my life forever. Yeah. The reason I'm a pastor today are these two questions, right? First question was this. He said, have you ever led anybody to Jesus before? Mm. Who asks you that? Like, right. rather than what do you do? Like, the very first question this guy asked me is, have you ever led anyone to Jesus before? I wanted to lie so badly. I wanted to say, yeah, man. But I went with the truth. And I said, no. And then the second question was, would you like to know how? Yeah. And on that one, I did lie. Mm. And I said, yeah. You know, I had no idea that fool was going to knock on 100 doors yeah. on a Saturday. And, and there we were, man, knocking on doors. For years, he and I went together. That's cool. And what I learned out of all of that is this. Anybody yeah. can share Jesus with anybody. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the classes that I'll be doing in February online is the simple way to share Jesus like a normal person. Mm, that's it, gonna be good. It'll be three weeks. Yeah. And it'll be so simple. It's just the simple way to share Jesus as a normal person. I love that. I, I love mean, that. How, but I think number eight is if you want something to propel you. Yeah. Um, all these others are are the kind of things that they gradually move you. Number eight is, I mean, it's, it's, like a, it's like an engine on the back of your boat. Mm. Like when you hit that throttle, man, boom, right? right? That's what number eight is. Yeah. So if you're looking for something that will just, just take, your, take your spiritual life to a whole nother level, then wise people seek to influence others to trust Jesus as Savior. That's where it all starts. Yeah. Man, these are eight things. These are eight right out of Proverbs. I really believe... The best way to read Proverbs is a chapter a day, which is why we've been doing yeah. it. But one of the ways to study it is to take topics and pull them together. And yeah. these are eight things that wise people do. But you and I both know the place that wisdom starts is with the walk with Jesus. Amen. So as we wrap up today, Chuck, I realize that there's probably people watching today that they've never taken that first step. If you don't mind, would you talk to them about how they can take that first step into knowing Jesus? Yeah, so let me, do, let me introduce you to Jesus. It's really this simple. So this, the Bible teaches us, and I think we all know it kind of internally, that none of us are perfect. We've all fallen short of perfection in this life, but God is perfect. And in his perfect heaven, we can't be in right relationship with God because of our imperfection. So he loves us though. I mean, it's, it's not like God's mad at us because of this God. God said, oh, my heart breaks. I love you so much. So I'm going to send my son, Jesus, to be born of a virgin, to live this life on earth perfectly and sinlessly, to die willingly on a cross and shed his blood, and that's the payment for the sin, mm. right? The, the scriptures say that what I've earned for my sin is death, but God's gift of life comes in a relationship with Jesus. So Jesus dies, he's buried, three days later he raises from the grave, and then 40 days later he went to sit beside God in heaven to prepare a place for all those who believe. So I need Jesus to forgive me. I need to believe in him so that I can have heaven. And I need him so that I can have life at peace here. Yeah. 
both with God and others. So it could be today, this is all about peace in your life. And if so, all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. And it sounds just like this, Jesus, please forgive me. Go ahead and say it right where you're at. Jesus, please forgive me. Come into my life, give me a brand new life. And thank you for dying for me, for raising from the dead for me and creating a home in heaven for me because I'm telling you, I believe in you. And Jesus, I, I don't wanna live for me anymore. I wanna make a U-turn with my life. I wanna live for you. And I wanna take your promises and live for you all the days of my life. Here's the great thing, friend. You, you probably didn't hear angels sing. You didn't hear a boom and your soul didn't just jump out of your skin. But if you meant that, if that's the desire of your heart, like Man Mountain, if you, if you meant that, then I promise you, according to a God that cannot lie, he just gave you the gift of Jesus. And in doing so, you are as sure for heaven as if you were already there. And now you can begin your walk with Christ. And if you'd be so kind to send us a note, either in the chat right now, or just send us an email at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com, I'll promise you, we'll send you such a simple way that you can begin to walk with Christ. It will radically change your world. And it, it, it really will put all of this into a personal perspective for you because God's plan is for you to be right with him. And the only way to do that is through a relationship with Jesus, his son. Amen. Amen. Well, it's always so fun yep. to get to tag team and to walk and talk about things that matter. As much as I've been looking forward to this week, honestly, the week I've been looking forward to is next week. Rock Sunday, we baby. We call it Rock Sunday. And so if you want to be part of that and you're in our area, you can make plans to swing by the church and pick up a rock if you don't have one already. And of course, if you're able to be with us in person at 9 or 11 next week, we'd love for you to be here and be part of that as well. Amen. So thanks so much for joining us today. And like always, let this Jesus we've talked about go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Let him go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. Because honestly, friends, this is the greatest news. He is always good and you are always loved. And in days that are difficult or dark, let that same Jesus come along and carry you through the middle of all the problems, only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his arms around you so you can look your Savior eyeball to eyeball and you can hear him say, my child, I love you. God bless you, friends. Thanks for joining us and go in peace.